failure. At least that's been my experience over the years. Sometimes I fail people. I, I thought about over the years how poor of a of a, a son and a and a brother I have been, and certainly my family. Family reunions. Mm, Dave didn't go to too many of those. It's pretty independent, I guess is what you would call me. But I thought about all of those things that sometimes, man, people fail you. Sometimes circumstances that go on, it just seems like, it seems like, man, why am I in this spot? Maybe it's difficulties or hardships. You're going through there and you cry out to God. And, and we talked about that in, in Sunday school this morning. You cry out to God and, and, and it doesn't seem like he wants to answer the way you want him to answer. Maybe sometimes it's no. Maybe it's sometimes it's, it's maybe. Maybe sometimes it's yes, but not the way you thought it was going to be. So we come to the point we think, does God really, does God really love us? I mean, that passage of Scripture says God is love that Sheila just brought up. And the Bible says that God so loved us that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. But this passage of Scripture says God's love never fails. Nothing can separate you from His love. Nothing. No matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstances you're in life, no matter how bad, and I've been there a few times ago, wow, why is this happening? And yet God is always there. Sometimes he allows us to go through trials and tribulations. Sometimes he allows us to go through these things either because of our, to, to, to bring our faith to another place, maybe to help someone else out. I thought about this a long time ago. If God would sacrifice Jesus, his only begotten son, why would he not sacrifice me for someone else? Why would he not allow me to go through trials and tribulations and hardships so that someone else might be able to be helped? It adds a whole different thought that God loves not just you, but the whole world so, so much that his love never fails. And he's going to walk with you and, and, and step with you and and. and Go right beside you through everything that you're going through. But he's given you an opportunity. He's given you an opportunity to share his love with someone else. There was a man I knew one time, um, had emphysema. Emphysema is a really difficult disease to go through. And all his family would get called in and they would say he's not going to live through the night. And next morning he'd be up telling jokes and, you know, we went through that over and over and over again for maybe two years. And yet, every time he was in the hospital, every single person that came into his room, he shared Jesus with. Wow. What an opportunity. He turned that whole deal around to the point that even when he died, he, I can remember that, that day. In, in the, he said, David, today's the day. Wow. God had already prepared him for that moment. He's going home. God's love never fails. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on, no matter what happens. Notice what else it says. But where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it'll pass away. Brother John, I, I, I 
long time ago, quit trying to teach for knowledge. I figured the Holy Spirit could take care of that. What I want to happen on Sunday nights, what I want to happen when, when the Word of God penetrates into your heart, I want your life to be changed at that moment. When God does a work in my life, and He did this week, by the way, we're, we're studying the book of Genesis. There's no telling how many times I've been through the book of Genesis and just flew right over this word in chapter 9, reckoning. Wow, we're going to talk about that tonight, by the way. But it's been a rough week for me. You know that God is not going to stop until you're just like Jesus? <laughs> if, if you really want to serve Him and, and love Him and follow Him, He's not going to start molding you and, and making you until you're just like His Son. And you have the same character as He does. Wow. It's an awesome thing. All of these things that, that we think about are so great. And you know, if we go back to this church at Corinth and we talk about the circumstances they were in and probably the most gifted church in all the New Testament was a church at Corinth. Man, people, some people say that, that probably they had every gift that the Holy Spirit had available. Man, they were just unbelievably gifted people. But all of them wanted to do speak in tongues. They thought that was the greatest gift of all, all things. And some of them... Wanted to prophesy all the time. And some of them prided themselves on all of the knowledge of the Bible that they had. And all the knowledge about God, especially some of the Jews that were in that church, they considered themselves experts in the law. Do you know all of that's going to pass away one day? All the knowledge, some of you are like me, I think I've forgotten now more than I ever knew. But all those things are going to pass away and there's going to be something that remains. God's love never fails. It's with you always. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture with me. So prophecy cease, tongues go quiet, knowledge will pass away. For we know in part, verse 9, part and prophesy in part, but we, when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish ways. Wow. Some of us hadn't done that yet, by the way. Sheila, Sheila has to raise me about every other day. But anyway, there we go. 42 years she's been trying to get me grown up and it still hadn't worked. But there's a time, you know, so many people over the years have, have come to me and said, Brother David, I just want to know what the will of God is for my life. You can know that. You can absolutely know that. You can know what God wants you to do and, and where He wants you to go and how He wants you to do it. People come to me and, and they, they say to me, you know, well, I know what John 3.16 says. Or I know back in the day when I was 10 years old, I was saved, or 7 or 6 or 14 like me, was saved. And that's all they've got to say about God. Well, this relationship doesn't just stop when you're saved. It just starts when you're saved. It starts, and, and as you go, you grow. For instance, let me tell you a few of those things that, that, that I, I'm always looking for in people. When... When you start reading the Bible and start really looking through the Bible and have a hunger in your heart to learn who God is, you, you start going, somewhere in the Bible it says, I know this, somewhere, somewhere in there it says, I remember reading that one time, 
And I don't know where it's at, but somewhere it says that. And I do that sometimes too. But then you go into a different place and, 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 and in your growth in the Lord, and you go, hmm, that says that in the New Testament. Somewhere in the New Testament, I know that says, because that's a, that's a New Testament say, statement. Or that's an Old Testament statement. I know that says that in the Old Testament someplace. And then you'll go from that and, and you'll come in and go, oh, that's in Exodus chapter 20. That's where those laws first came out. And Deuteronomy, he says it again. And, and then, or maybe it's something like this. God's love never fails. Wait a minute, that's in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, something like that. Then after that goes, then you start doing what Sheila's talking to the kids about doing. Hopefully we start with those kiddos at a young age. You start memorizing Scripture. Scripture starts coming to your heart. Over and over through your day, you start realizing that God wants you to live by his word. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I live. Wow. And his God is truth. It's not just, it's not just some truth. And, and then you start, you go into that place where everything you see is filtered through the word of God. It's really easy. I mean, sometimes it's really easy. You watch TV very much, you realize that is all a lie right there. That has nothing to do with the truth. But sometimes a little harder than that. Sometimes you, you have somebody say something to you. Like, for instance, I sat down with this guy one time, and he said, now over in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says this. And I'm going, wait, Ecclesiastes? Wow. This guy's out, you know, someplace. And then I realized that he wasn't anywhere near quoting what Ecclesiastes had to say. But the Bible says we ought to be able to take somebody from that point where they're at and lead them to Jesus. So you come to the point in your relationship with God that it doesn't matter where they're at or where they're at in their, in, their, in their life and walking along, you can take them from that point and start leading them to Jesus. Start leading them to Jesus. Then there's a place that I've not gotten to. When I was in Russia, there was a guy named Andre, and he had, he had given up his job in, in the southern part in Chechnya, and God had called him to come up and be an evangelist up uh, where we were at, Nishni Novgorod, and that guy was unbelievable. He had absolutely memorized the Bible from cover to cover because all during the time of communism, his granddad, they would get a piece of the Bible, they'd get a page of the Bible, and he would have those grandchildren memorize that and say it back to him over and over. So he would get up and go, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, whatever, and just start. And you'd be like, wow. So I asked him, by the way, stupid on my part, Andre, how did you, how did you learn how to read, memorize the Bible that well? He goes, I've been a Christian 36 years. I already have it memorized by now. Wow. I felt about that tall. But that's truth. That's truth. As many times as I have read the Word of God through, it looks like I'd have sunk in deeper than it has. So there's these places that we go through. And all of that knowledge, though, gets us to where? Hopefully a better relationship with God. Some people get all puffed up with that. It ought to be to the point that when we reason together in the church, that we come out with the truth. So many of our churches aren't like that. We've been stuck in prophecies like the church at Corinth has. They got stuck in, in a few of these gifts, and they thought that was the greatest thing in the world, and yet all of those are going to pass away. All of the knowledge I've gotten, all of the accolades, all of the 
the uh, degrees you've got on the wall, all of the things that you've tried to do for God, it's all going to pass away. What's left? What's left? It's the good stuff. It says this. Now we see in verse 12, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now listen, listen to how much God loves us. A, he made you just the way you are. And then he has a plan for your life from start to finish. Then God loves you so much that he not only made you just the way you are, he wants you to know him fully. If you go back to the book of John, the 17th chapter, one of the things that Jesus prays for us, <coughs> prays for all believers, is that we would be one as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. Can you imagine having a relationship, I mean any relationship anywhere that you know of, that you know every single thing about that person? Everything. And everything they do, they make it known to you. Wow. David usually builds a little hedge of protection around himself, by the way. One day that's not going to be there. It's going to be me and God. And I'm going to know as, as I'm known. What does that mean? The Bible says one day we're going to know everything that God knows. Why? Because he's not going to hide anything from us. Nothing. Nothing's going to be hidden. The relationship was, with him is going to be, he's God and we're not. But we're going to know everything. All the whys and what fars and why did this happen and why did that happen and why did I go through this, we're going to know, period. We're going to know as we're fully known. Wow. Our God loves us so much that he wants that kind of relationship with us. Verse 13 says that, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Got to go with the Texas Baptist Men Disaster Relief up to Fritch, Texas. Now remember this little lady, she had lived in that trailer house for 40 years. She was in her 80s, and a trailer house was nothing but a frame. You know, there was just nothing left. Now, I remember her coming up to us, and, and this is the first time she had gotten to see the trailer house since it, since it burnt down. They, they had a fire, and it burned everything around Lake Meredith. Everything was burned up, and they had to leave. They had 30 seconds to grab whatever they could grab and get out. The fire was there. It, it switched and started coming back towards their houses. This is the first time this lady had seen it, and, and she just, she fell on her knees and was crying, and, and she had lost all hope. What am I going to do now? She could not believe that her trailer house had burnt to us nothing. There just wasn't nothing left of it. And so, anyway, her son, I think it was her son, anyway, son took her, and they left, and 
And uh, the next day she came back, we prayed with her, and she said, yes, I believe in God, and, and so on and so forth. So the next day we came back, and, and she, she saw these guys with their skid steers, and man, they can do a lot of damage with skid steers. Those guys had taken that, that frame and bent it up and threw it in the, in the dumpster, and they were cleaning off the, the place. And all of a sudden she goes, you know, God had brought me this far. I think he's going to. He's going to bring me through. Faith started. Then we went in there and she said, man, we, we said, is there anything in that trailer house that you really wanted? She said, yeah, I had some, had all these quarters. You know the quarters you get? And she had all these deals full of those silver quarters or whatever they are. <coughs> she said, if I could just find them. Well, we started sifting through all the ashes and stuff. And we found her quarters. Now, it was just a big wad now. You know, they were all melted together. But we found her quarters and you thought we would you know, hit the jackpot. We took those over there and set them in front of her. And all of a sudden she said, you know, I think I can rebuild. I think we can bring another trailer house in here and put it back in that pad. Y'all, you guys have done a great job cleaning it off. Hope started coming back into her. And I thought about that. You know, when you get to that point that all's gone, what you got left is faith, hope, and love. We were able to show her the love of Christ by cleaning off her spot. And all of a sudden you could see the light come back on to know that God's got this too. It's going to be okay. So I'd ask you to think about this question of the day as we, as we leave this place. What does your love look like for God? His love for you has never changed. It's perfect never fails, never goes away. What does your love for Him look like? Sometimes we have faith and hope. Seems like our love gets a little waning. That's what we've been talking about all of these weeks, by the way, the way that you love God. The Bible says that those who keep my commandments love me. What's the first commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Do you do that? Is he more important to you than anything else in the world? Is your, not just your faith in God, but is your God more important to you than anything else you've got? Are you living what you believe? Are you living what you believe? <laughs> I get to come across lots of people. It doesn't matter where I've been. You always get these people say, oh yeah, I believe in God. But their life doesn't show it. Eh, I have a problem with that. You, you live what you believe. You live what you believe. Are you living your faith? Do others see your hope? And do you love enough to share with someone else? We were talking about that in Sunday school, by the way. Sunday school is a good place to go, y'all that hadn't come. It's, it's a good place. You ought to come. But Sunday school, we were talking about this morning how there's been so many times that I've gone into a room and the person's either had some bad news or they're going through hardships. And guys, I don't know what to say. I learned when my daughter died that there wasn't anything you could say, by the way. Nothing you can say. At that time, I had trouble going to hospital, making 
visits, excuse me, making visits and stuff because I thought, man, I don't know what to say, you know, I don't have a scripture for everything, so on and so forth. <clears throat> and some of y'all know Danny Biggs, but, or David Biggs, sorry, David Biggs. Some of y'all know David Biggs. The Biggses and the Diggses, by the way, went to school, went to, went to school together here, and the, and the Diggses and the Biggses went to church together in Abilene. We confused a lot of people. But David Biggs found out that, that uh, Jennifer was in the hospital, and I don't know that David ever said ten words to me, but he was there. He was there every single time. Every time I'd come out, come out of the, the room with Jennifer or whatever, David Biggs was sitting there taught me a great lesson. I saw his faith. I saw his belief in God. And it strengthened me. You don't got to say anything. But sometimes just your touch makes a whole difference. Sometimes just a word makes a difference. People need to see your hope. They need to see your God through you. Wow. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. So this morning... Maybe you're in that place where, wow, it seems like God just don't love you no more. I want to tell you that's a lie. He loves you just as much now, and he would die for you just today if you were the only one here. He loves you that much. All the things that we learn, and I, I hope we learn something from, from Sunday nights and Sunday schools and so on and so forth, they're gonna, not going to mean anything if they're just knowledge. If it doesn't change your life. If you don't come out of there going, wow, that's who my God is. That's how he works. I understand him better today than I did yesterday. I love him more today than I ever have. If that's not your life, today it can change. It takes one decision. I'm not going to do what I did yesterday. I'm going to change and go towards God today. It's called repentance, by the way. Big churchy word. But God wants a relationship with you that is so close and so personal. Do you deserve it? Nope. But God's made it possible because he loves us. Today he's waiting with arms open, saying, just come. Just come. Then I think about our world. We talked about that yesterday morning. It affected me, by the way, the, the, the men's breakfast yesterday morning. Justin got up and, and talked about our world and how, you know, it's in pretty bad shape, at least the United States is, kind of going off the deep end. But God's still God. He can change that today. But our world needs to see our hope. They're putting their hope in the government. That's going to not work out so good. They're putting their hope in people. They're putting their hope in policy. They're putting their hope in laws. They're putting their hope in all kinds of things. And the only one who can really change our world is God. The only place our world is going to see God is in us. Wow. What an opportunity we have. Whatever that decision is you need to make this morning, I ask you to make it in these moments. God's inviting you to do that. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day.
It's a day when we understand how much you love us and how badly you want a relationship with us. You've done everything that's, that's possible to make a relationship with us. Today's a day we can say yes. God, most of us in this room have accepted you as our Savior and Lord, but where are we at today? What have you done in our life? And how have we talked to you today? What have you said to us right now? God, I pray that we can answer that question and say, wow, my God is always, always talking to me. We're in relationship with each other all the time. You've left the door wide open, Father. And so right now, I thank you. I thank you for giving us an opportunity to make that decision. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to have a hymn of invitation. I'm going to ask you just to stay with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Brent, Jackie will come on up. And I'm going to have an invitation to him in just a moment. God's inviting you. This is not just a time when we sing and it's just something tagged on at the end. It's a time for you to reflect about what God's saying to you right in this moment. We say yes to him today as we sing together. Jesus never stops calling. Never. So there's a couple things. Um, I will get with the school this week and, and Teddy and Cody and all those guys and we'll, we'll talk about what's going to be the best way to move the CIA either to Tuesday or Thursday probably uh, of that week. And so that's going to be the 21st. The 28th we've got C at the pole and then the 30th we've got the after game fellowship. So uh, need to keep those in your mind. Ask Vermont one, by the way. Thursday night beat Southland. And a pretty good team. Got a, got a pretty good team. Worth going and watching. So I think this week and next week are home games. So I hope you'll get out and support the, the folks, the kiddos. Any other word before we go today? Again, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I... I, when I get out of the way, these guys get a ton of stuff done over there at the Parsonage. And so I think they're just waiting for me to, to do that. Bill said I was in the way all the time. You know, it's hard to get around to somebody big as I am. So I agree with that. I agree. Man, how much they got a ton done over at the, at the, at the Parsonage. Um, let me invite you. Any day of the week, any time you come up to the Parsonage, there's, there's some pins over there, some uh, or those markers. Some, some Sharpies over there. There we go. Some Sharpies over there. And I've already done that. I've, I've put some of my favorite scriptures on every wall. I invite you to do that. This is, 
this is going to be the house I live in, yes, but this is the church's parsonage and hopefully going to be here from now on. I want to surround it with the Word of God. So go in there on the walls while they're still open and write your scripture on there. It'd be awesome. I want you to be a part of everything that, that, that's going on over there because it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, it's going to be a place that, that, that honors God, honors the church. I'm, I'm excited about that. Any other word before we go? Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. <coughs> Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, being here with us in this place. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for how you're moving in our hearts and lives. God, as we go out of this place, help us to show others your love, your hope, your faith. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed.